We are here with the leaders of Walmart, and I have a big smile on my face today because we have a dot-com icon, and I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, I won't give it away, but why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and how you lead within Walmart? Sure, so uh, my name is Mark Laurie. I am the uh, CEO and president of Walmart e-commerce in the US. I came to Walmart about uh, just over four years ago when I sold my startup uh, Jet.com to Walmart. Wow, that's awesome. I don't think I've ever interviewed somebody that's worked for the company less time than I have. So I, I kind of feel like I can sit a little bit taller in my seat today. Um, so with that, why we all we ask everyone uh it's kind of a, a sam walton legacy around here uh for your walmart story so why don't you take us back four years ago and kind of tell tell us how it all started you know so we talked to some people they started pushing shopping carts and now they're they're at home office others were interns and i'm, I'm sure everyone's interested to kind of hear your story yeah sure so like i said i i founded this company called jet.com I already started another startup before and sold it to Amazon. I had a chance to work inside Amazon. And then I had the opportunity to start Jet. Um, and, you know, uh, probably a couple of years into Jet.com's existence, I met Doug McMillan, the CEO of Walmart, as you all know, and uh, just started to build a great relationship. A lot of trust was built, very different than my previous experience, you know, with, with Amazon. And I realized that, that Doug and I and the rest of the team at Chat shared the same vision. And that was to you know, be the, the world's greatest e-commerce uh, company and retailer. And you know, we knew we had formidable competition with respect to Amazon, but looking at the assets that Walmart had um, and, and some of the, the e-commerce know-how um, of, of the folks at Jet, we felt like it was a great marriage of the two companies and you know, Doug, and the board uh, had a lot of faith in, in us and sort of gave us the keys to run e-com and bring the jet business into Walmart uh, and run the Walmart e-commerce business and, and, and try and you know, grow it and, and make up some ground against Amazon. And I think, I think you know, I'm really proud of the team and what the team has accomplished over the last four years. I think we've innovated quite a bit. Uh, we've grown the business. Uh, the customer experience is no doubt a, a lot uh, better than it, it was, you know, when when we joined, and feeling just feeling really good about the future and where things could head from here. Yeah, I heard you um, correct yourself when you use the word "I think," because sitting from a, a more of a boots on the ground out here in the front line, one as a Walmart Plus customer when I'm not on the uh, you know working, and two promoting it for on the sales floor to our, our customers that shop the brick and mortar. It's not an, I think it's a, I know. I know. The past, <laughs> yeah. The past four years has made a huge impact and it's going to continue as long as we continue to, to meld those ideas and, and get them from up here onto, onto out in the world. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so from, from that, that start, so you kind of went from being numero uno as an entrepreneur, and now you mentioned uh, connecting with Doug, and you're kind of in this cross-chamber cross, uh, being an intrapreneur with a Fortune 1 you know, 
giant. Um, what do you feel, and this could be from your past four years or from any time in your career that you did intentionally to stand out amongst the crowd? Cause there's a lot of people trying to get it. A lot of people with great ideas. Uh, what do you feel that you did that, that set you apart and really got you the runway you needed to take off? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think this is more of the credit here goes to really Doug and the board for empowering me and the team and, and really uh, having trust uh, and letting, letting me and the team kind of just run. Um, and so it, it put us in a great position. We're set up to succeed. I think one of the things that uh, I, I pushed for as well as, as running the e-com was to set up what we now call store number eight, which is sort of a, a collection of startups that we've built inside of, of Walmart. And I think a lot of big companies struggle with that. You know, how do you be an entrepreneurial or intrapreneur inside of a big company? And I think if you just try and do it in the day-to-day -day operating part of the business, it's, it's next to impossible. So we sort of carved out what we call story, which is just an umbrella name to house these startups. But we went out and hired CEOs. These startups are wholly owned by Walmart. Um, and they serve, each serve a purpose and, and are thinking, you know, about the future of retail and trying to help shape it. Um, and then once those businesses become successful, the startups, we then can merge them, you know, seamlessly back into the, into the mothership. And we've done that a couple of times now. I think it's working really well. And um, again, proud of, of some of the things we've been able to, to build inside of such a big company. Yeah, I, I love the... Um the experimenting grounds having I call it I call it getting out the chemistry set and sometimes <laughs> it blow, it blows up in your face and other times you get the magic formula and uh, I've had I've had the privilege of um, doing some of the NDA things with uh, our, our team helped in Levittown for store number eight with what you're talking about and so I've, I've gotten to see it from just an idea that nobody you know only talking about behind the scenes to see it hit the public's hands and it's so so cool to to really have have that from start to finish so great job with all that stuff um so i i follow you a little bit i don't know if our audience here out in the front line you know like you said uh, people that are still working in the brick and mortar some in the home office maybe um but throughout your your career obviously you had to start somewhere and now you are where you are um what what do you when you think back uh, I know that failure and adversity and challenges for myself are some of the best teachers that I've ever had and continue to be. What is uh, the biggest and or most memorable mistake that you've made in your career that comes to mind? And with that, what do you feel that it was able to teach you and what did you take away from it that still benefits you today? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to pick one. I mean, my whole life, early life, is littered with tons of, of failures, you know, starting from, you know, grammar school and, and, and high school and, you know, not doing well in school grade-wise and sort of, you know, came from a, a, a tough sort of neighborhood growing up and things. Um, family was tough growing up. Uh, shout, shout out to, to Jersey. I'm, I'm a transplant. I moved from Arizona a few years ago. So oh, I'm, I'm, out, I'm, I'm out here representing South Jersey. <laughs> I grew up in Staten Island, New York until fifth grade and then moved to uh, Lincroft, New Jersey, right next to Red Bank. So like exit 109 on the parkway for all those Jersey people. We like, we like to talk parkway exits, you know. Yeah, I'm, da I'm down on, on halfway between uh, Atlantic City and Philly. I'm, I'm in the farmlands of Jersey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, you know, 
the the thing about uh, the key, I think, is letting yourself fail. Um, I think sometimes, you know, some families, kids aren't allowed to fail or parents sort of hover and, and make sure that the, the kids don't do anything to fail and they never fail. They never experience failure and they get straight A's and then they get into the real world and, you know, they don't have anyone sort of looking after their every move and they experience failure and it's like a shock to the system and they don't just know, don't know how to react to it. You know, I, I was sort of like bred on failure, like just as a kid, my parents were very hands off and I just failed at everything. And, and I got very comfortable with failure um, and comfortable taking risk because I wasn't afraid to fail. And I think ultimately that was the bridge is you need to be comfortable taking risk. You can't be afraid of failure. And if you fail, you just look at it as a lesson and then you get back up and you, you, you go after it again. And, and I did many, many times, you know, growing up, but fail, learn, get up, do it again. And, and I learned a lot of stuff, you know, hands-on just from having failed and seen it. And I think that is what, you know, catapulted my, my whole career was the ability to, to, to go after things, uh, take risk, and then outwork anyone else. You know, it's just this hard work and, and risk-taking. And that's really it. It's nothing, nothing more magical than that. Yeah, it's uh so, sometimes the nine to five ain't enough to make dreams dreams come true, right? That's yeah, true. It's true. Um, uh, so w when you talk about your parents and and that scenario, uh, a household, right, and and uh, be people not giving the space for failure, um, you know, Doug and, and the board being where we are right now and where we're going, uh, I think of Walmart kind of like that household and the the way leadership is and and what they're doing. It's a safe place to fail as long as you're failing forward and you learn yep. from it. And you, you apply that to the next try. And so it's that, really, really cool. Do you have a specific event that's just like the doozy that, that sh helps shape the, the person you are today? <laughs> so many things. Um, I don't think there's any one, so many things. Uh, there's not one that like sticks out in my mind uh, as being sort of like the, the turning point or something like that. Um, it's hard when you move fast too. I know, I know what kind of, what, what you must, uh, business you must be yeah, in. You got, I, I you got the, like, you got the aerodynamic haircut, man. That yeah, means we're, we're moving, yeah, <laughs> we're moving faster than the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. No, I, so, I, you know, I think, yeah, when you, uh, when you, when you, when you sort of get good at, at failing, you quickly take the lesson and then you forget about it because you don't want to dwell on sort of, the failure itself or the negative things once you've got the lesson you don't need it anymore you just sort of like ditch put it away ditch the baggage yeah, yeah just ditch the baggage and so i i am just very good at doing that you know something fails you know lesson move on and not even think twice uh i think too many people dwell on the failure it haunts them sticks with them and then it and then inhibits your ability to grow learn do stuff like it just slows you down it's like it's too many people think about that they do all in the past and they worry about the future and that's like that fills a lot of sort of area of the brain uh, doesn't leave a lot of room for like focusing on like winning today so i don't worry about the future i don't dwell on the past i just i put all my energy into you know making every day you know the best it can be with all the lessons of course but 
but all the energy has to be on, on, on today. That's awesome. Be, be here now. That's what I just got out of that. Um, so I think, I think we can piggyback off of our convo just now. So, cause the next thing that I was going to ask you is there's a lot of people who are just starting out or maybe they're getting a second wind or maybe the current climate has presented opportunity that wasn't there or they couldn't see before. So do you have specific advice for anybody within the company right now who just want, they earn, they, they yearn to be more, to do more, to, to have a, have a further reach or, or to be, to be something greater greater than they currently are? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a really tough question. And there's a lot of different ways to, to answer that. But I would say that, you know, you have to be careful. Sometimes less is more when you're really ambitious. And, and I know this from experience, and you want to constantly get to sort of that next level, you tend, especially early in your career, before you've learned these lessons, you tend to think, you know, it's by, it's by, you know, outshining, your peers and like being the, the, the best among a group so that your, your manager, your boss say, wow, look, look, look at that person there. They're, they're the best among. So that person I'm going to promote. And while there's some truth to that, um, that, you know, that if you're doing well among your peers, that there's a higher probability, it's the doing well and how you define that, that I think people sometimes lose track of. It's not doing well. Like what did I do as a person? It's really, you know, what did you do to uh, help the group and the team along? And so many, many times it's not the, the smartest person, you know, in, in, in the team that gets promoted. It's, it's the one that's thinking with sort of the big company hat on and thinking about the team and wanting to, to think more like a, a missionary than a mercenary, I call it. You know, somebody who's thinking about, you know, what is the, the, the mission of this company? I want to help further the mission. There's a team of people and I want to pull them up and pull them along. And even if I pull the team along and they wind up outshining me, you know, people know that managers know that they know you get a lot of credit uh, for letting people outshine you. If you're the one that's, that's helping people along and the, you know what I mean? So I think in, yes, you want to like work hard uh, and, and do the right thing. And certainly, you know, being adaptable and being passionate and tenacious. And there's a lot of like attributes that, that are, are valued, uh, as you, as you, you would imagine, but the most important thing that people probably forget and don't think about is it's less about you and more about, you know, your impact on, on, on a, the team around you. And as you become more of a leader and a leader of leaders and as it gets even more true you know at some point when you're the ceo um it's not it's not about you at all it's about you know what uh you're able to to empower your team to to do and a lot of that's about creating a, a great culture living a, a set of values you know believing in people empowering people trusting people being transparent um and it's not about individual sort of performance and, and sort of outshining people. Yeah, the, the greater good, setting up a, a longevity and legacy over the instant payout and, and yeah. you know, te teaching, a, teaching someone to fish versus giving it to them. I, when, I, when you're talking, <laughs> you said missionary over mercenary. I have one that I use um, called being, being selfishly selfless. And mm. 
you're taking care of yourself on a daily basis in order to be able to take care of everyone around you that much more and, and yeah, to, like a, that. to a better uh, extent. So I think about also uh, while you were speaking, when you go to a gas station these days and your, your convenience store, and it, especially out here in the East, it's just a turnstile, right? Everybody's going in and out. That one person who takes the time to hold that door open and say, please, or thank you, that mm -hmm. person it creates an impact an impression on you for the rest of the day because so many people are just trying to get in and out with as least friction as possible, not worrying about who the door is going to hit. Absolutely. I, I so, agree more. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so with everything going on in 2020, because we're sitting here and we're talking to each other amongst the history books, they're going to look back on this one. Uh, and, you know, I try to find a reason to keep a smile on my face a lot of these days, especially in, in business, because um, it's, it's not easy. And we are very fortunate to be, um, you know, with the, the Walmart umbrella and, and, and making moves, being, being free and flexible to make these moves. For all of uh, your peers, the, you know, direct report, uh, the other leaders amongst the field who are out here operating the brick and mortar, our new digital ops leads who are, who are heading up those programs. What, what do you feel for leaders within Walmart specifically is the biggest challenge that we're faced with right now? And what is your advice or thoughts or feelings on how we're all going to overcome it together in that group mentality that you just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I think connection is probably one of the things that's missing most right now it's 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 you know when you're in an office on a daily basis you're able to connect with people in a way that it's really challenging over zoom um and you don't even realize those little things um those those the little discussions the the, the jokes the laughs uh you know what i mean the, the, just that 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 you know one-on-one -on -one connection you have with people uh that's that's missing and so i think it's it's really important to you know, even though we can't get direct connection, trying to have that, those uh, non-business related sort of one-on-one -on -one connections with people, even if it is over Zoom. Um, the other thing I'd say is, is, and I would say the key word here is empathy. I think, you know, recognizing that not everybody's situation is, is ideal. Um, you know, in, in many cases, people might be living in, in very small quarters, especially in, in, you know, cities and things with family, kids running around, having to, school, you know, put the kids through school, basically, and do everything else and get work done. And, and then some people, you know, are, are perfectly fine and, and, and recognizing that people are in different situations and having empathy and understanding that, you know, people maybe, you know, for whatever reason, aren't able to be as productive. And it's really not their fault and, and understanding that and, and knowing that, you know, people need to be uh, understood during this time. That's what I would say. That's a, a great answer, great response, because um, as a leader myself with uh, a team and, and interacting with different uh, business uh, partners, uh, I know that I've personally benefited from our leaders, as you mentioned, you know, Doug at the top, uh, all the way down for giving that empathetic uh, approach that, you know, the way that we interact and and uh converse and and treat our people during this time is going to be remembered for for a long time and it's going to reflect if that the top talent does stay around and does 
put in the extra hours and does you know take us where we need to be uh, the year next year and the year after that. So great, great uh, perspective. Uh, well, man, that I mean yeah, that yeah, that's it. And we I appreciate you sitting down with us. Uh, for everybody out there who's tuning in, I want to remind you to be safe, be healthy, and find a reason to be happy. Excellent. Couldn't have said it better myself. Take care. Great talking to you. See Thanks, you. Mark. Bye.